everyone, and welcome to episode one of the Ubuntu Security Podcast with me, your host, Alex Murray. So this week, it's another week, another speculative execution vulnerability. Uh, in this case, it's called L1TF, uh, and we'll be talking about that a bit later. Uh, we'll also be talking about uh, the Fragment Smack vulnerability in the Linux kernel, which is kind of a follow-up to the one we reported about last week, Segment Smack. And we'll also be looking at just general security fixes uh, within Ubuntu, uh, and that actually includes 39 CVEs that were addressed this week. So let's get started. The first one we're going to talk about is a use-after-free vulnerability that was actually found by one of our own team members, Chris Coulson, while doing a code audit of the GDM source code. In this case, what he found was there was a code path that could be triggered via a local user uh, via Dbus. In this case, they would create a transient display object via a Dbus method call, and then a short time later, they would query the properties of that display. But in the meantime, GDM had gone and cleaned up that display and had deleted it, but had not actually cleaned up the pointer that was pointing to that object. So we could then trigger a user after free by trying to access that. This has been fixed uh, so far for Bionic and the other releases are still pending. We've also addressed six CVEs uh, across Bionic, Xenial and Trusty for LibArchive, the uh, archived compression and decompression library. Uh, all of these were kind of local crashes and denial of service uh, via uh, specially crafted archives in particular formats. Uh, so that's one to make sure you update for. Another one was Samba. So we had addressed four CVEs here for Bionic, Xenial, and Trusty. Uh, these include both uh, the client and the server, and uh, they're likely to affect a lot of different Ubuntu users as a result. Uh, we also had a fix in there uh, for libxml2, the widely used uh, XML parsing library. It's used in many different desktop applications. And so we fixed five CVEs across Bionic, Xenial, and Trusty, and two of them were actually fixed for the precise extended security maintenance package. And uh, these included things like information disclosure and a denial of service vulnerability. So last week we talked about how uh, we'd fixed the cache side channel attack in the RSA implementation for GNU PG. Uh, in this case, we've done the same fix for the precise ESM release. And uh, we've also fixed uh, 14 CVEs in the WebKit GTK package. Uh, that's done for both Bionic and Xenial. And that is used in a number of different desktop apps. Postgres, the popular relational database, we've fixed uh, two different CVEs for that across Bionic, Xenial, and Trusty, and we've also fixed three CVEs for the uh, PROC PS next generation uh, package uh, for precise ESM. So a couple uh, things I wanted to talk about in more detail uh, was the fixes that actually gone into the Linux kernel package this week, and that is for the L1TF and Fragment Smack vulnerabilities. So L1TF, this is the latest speculative execution side channel attack affecting Intel processors. Uh, it allows to be able to read the contents of the L1 data cache via speculative execution and uh, then you can access that through a cache side channel attack. This was given three different CVEs because there are three different variants of it. Uh, the first one is affecting uh, the Intel SGX or Software Guard Extensions uh, feature of the Intel processors. This one was actually discovered by a team of researchers and reported uh, to Intel. But the other two were reported by Intel themselves. And that's one that affects uh, the system uh, memory as well. And another that affects uh, the virtual me uh, memory operations of the CPU. And it's only those second two that actually affect Ubuntu because we aren't using software guard extensions ourselves. 
So uh, a bit of a description of how this works. Uh, you're probably aware that uh, at a operating system level, processors don't directly access memory. Instead, they access uh, virtual addresses, and then these need to get turned into the physical address in memory that uh, is required to be, to be uh, accessed. Uh, what this is done via a series of page table entries and they map from uh, virtual memory to physical memory and they contain a bunch of metadata as well about that entry including whether or not the page is actually present in memory i.e. whether it's been perhaps swapped out to disk or not um, and they also include say the offset as well as to how to reach that that page in physical memory and the problem here is that uh, intel processors would access the data in the page table entries under speculative execution without actually checking whether the page was present in memory or not. And so this would then allow uh, via the, the kind of, well, I guess what we've now become normal um, speculative execution means to essentially read arbitrary memory because when those page table entries aren't pointing to a, a valid entry or they're not present, uh, that, that value is actually kind of junk. And so you can speculatively uh, read from from some other uh, location that you don't necessarily have permission to. And uh, I guess related to this is then when we look at this context for virtual machines. So virtual machines themselves need to maintain their own page table entries. And uh, so the host may be maintaining them and then the virtual machine is maintaining it. And so even if your host is patched, but you have say untrusted virtual machines or virtual machines that you can't patch for this vulnerability, they could still be uh, using that to access either host memory or uh, the memory of other virtual machines. So it's a bit of a trickier one to patch here if you're, um, if you're running virtualization. Uh, for the, the case of just normal memory, it's relatively easy in that the Linux kernel has now been updated to make sure that whenever a page is marked as not present, then it goes and inverts all the bits that refer to the, the actual memory address so that then it doesn't point now to any cacheable memory and therefore you can't uh, exploit this vulnerability. However, in the case of virtual machines, like I said, because the virtual machines maintain their own page table entries, that can't be fixed at the host level. However, what you can do is that before you switch to the virtual machine, you can flush the level one data cache. Unfortunately, this is quite an expensive operation. And so if you are running untrusted virtual machines, uh, you kind of need to take some care here as to um, what fix you put out. This is then also made slightly trickier via hyperthreading on Intel processors because uh, sibling hyperthreads, that is hyperthreads that both are running on the same physical processor, uh, can actually sh they actually share the level one data cache, and so in this case uh, you can more easily read from say a sibling hyperthread that might be running in another virtual machine context that uh, is of a different trust domain, and so in this case uh, you may actually have to go to the point of disabling hyperthreads. Uh, but that's not something that is actually needed, I guess, in most deployments. The other thing we wanted to talk about was Fragment Smack. So last week we talked about a new vulnerability called Segment Smack, which was in the TCP fragment reassembly code paths. And what that was, was it was exploiting the high algorithmic complexity of those code paths to cause a denial of service. And in this case, we've got the same thing, but instead of being at the TCP level, we're now uh, one layer uh, lower in the network stack and we're at the IP level. So when reassembling IP packet fragments, uh, we're exploiting the high computational complexity of that algorithm. And so therefore making the CPU spend a lot of time reassembling these fragments and not actually doing other real work. 
And so this is fixed by essentially changing the way that algorithm is done and the way the data structures are done to make that more computationally efficient. Uh, yeah, so um, that's kind of it for uh, fixes. We also did release a live patch notice. So as I mentioned last week, live patch is the service that allows us to deliver our fixes for the Linux kernel directly without having to be rebooted to run those fixed code parts. In this case, we released a notice basically saying that the uh, L1TF vulnerability was uh, too complicated to be able to be fixed directly by LivePatch. And so in this case, it was advising all the LivePatch customers that they would need to do uh, a full reboot once they'd installed the latest updated kernel packages to take advantage of those fixes. Okay, so just looking at, I guess, a couple things in the wider, uh, the wider community, uh, as I mentioned last week, we're, we're hiring and we've actually just added a, a second position. So, uh, and that is for the, the manager for the team, the Ubuntu security manager. And the link for that uh, application position is in uh, the, the show notes. But if you have a, um, a background in team management and uh, security, and in particular Linux security, uh, we'd really love you to apply. Um, we're looking for anyone, I guess, that's uh, keen and motivated and uh, really switched on. The other one, as I mentioned last week, is for a, another team member, you want to security engineer, to join the team and to help with the regular day-to-day fixes and I guess the kind of work that I talk about in this podcast. So I guess related to that, uh, I wanted to give some special thanks. So as I mentioned, we're, we're now hiring for a, a security manager, and that's because our previous manager, Emily Ratliff, has left us. Uh, we're really sad to see you go, Emily, and just wanted to say thank you so much for all the hard work you've done and the support you've given all of us within the team. Uh, we'll definitely miss you, but um, we really wish you well in all your future endeavors. So yeah, so thanks, Emily. All right, so if you want to get in contact, uh, you can reach the team at security at ubuntu.com or you can find us in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network or you can reach us on Twitter at ubuntu underscore sec. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll be back uh, again next week with the latest updates. But until then, remember, remain calm and enable automated upgrades and we'll speak to you soon. Bye.